Hey, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest that we're going to have on the show here in just a couple minutes who is on his way to hitting $800,000 in sales this year. His model started off as books. He was just selling books and he would get a lot of books and big orders and take them to the warehouse and making make about $10,000 in sales a month. And it was good. And, and uh, he's, he's had a job for most of the time too, while he's been building his Amazon business, a, a sales job. So we're going to go through the story with him. But the cool part of the, the story to jump to, uh, the good parts of what you're going to learn today is some of those things that he's experienced as he's grown from a smaller seller, relatively smaller seller to uh, one recent month was $180,000. That was kind of a spike on the radar. And he talks through why that happened, how he found the cash to buy all that inventory, how he managed it, and where they're at now and what they expect to do. He's working full-time with a career that has him traveling a lot. And he's kind of leveraged that travel into finding unique places to source inventory. He's got some very high-priced items that he's selling on Amazon, which is interesting. He's buying things for around $300 and selling them for a few thousand. That's pretty cool. He gets into that as well today. Uh, but I just love that this is another young family with some young kids and some kids on the way and just a really neat future ahead of them as you think through. They're doing this together. They're doing it from home. He plans to go full-time by the end of this year. About six months or so from now is his goal. And just a really insightful interview that reveals what it's like to scale from really not knowing much about selling online to building what they're going to have as multiple streams of income because I know some of the things they've got going on that are pretty special uh, from talking to him. So excited to bring you Mr. Brandon Mizell today. You're going to really enjoy this interview. Just a straight shooting guy who tells you what he knows. Very open book type of personality. And I sure appreciated my time with him as I got to know him a little bit. So let's jump over and get Brandon on the line right now. Enjoy this episode. So Brandon, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Thanks for having me, Jim. I appreciate it. It's really good to have you. We've been trying to do this for a while, as uh, often happens with busy, successful people, man. But I'm looking <laughs> forward to getting to know you. I've seen your name pop up. You've shared some incredible screenshots. You've been going at it hard for a while, man. Tell us your story. Yeah, definitely. I pre- you know, also appreciate you having me on here. You know, it's uh, been listening to uh, pretty much every podcast that you've come out with so far. So it'd be interesting to hear it from my own, but <laughs> my own voice. But um, yeah, just a little bit about my story. You know, starts probably a couple of years ago. You know, I was in outside sales and I was doing very, you know, very well in my career job. And I had a couple couple friends of mine that had been selling on Amazon and. They had been trying to talk me into it and get me kind of get me doing it. I was doing okay at the time, so my work life balance was pretty good. And so I, I told them I really wasn't interested, and you know, I, you know, I was doing okay, and I didn't want the distraction, you know. <laughs> and so I'll never forget it. It was July thirty first of twenty eighteen. I'm sorry, twenty seventeen. I uh, I got laid off from that good job, you know, and so I had. I went from August 1st until, you know, basically January 1st, you know, I didn't, didn't have a job. We survived, you know, had to sell some assets, but we survived. But I used that time uh, and I found out how hard it was to actually find a job. You know, it's a lot harder than people think, especially when you're being honest. And so I used that time to not only try to find another job, but also learn a little bit more about the Amazon thing because... At the time, my buddy was trying to get me to do it. He was doing about 10k a month, and then you know he'd been trying to sell me on it for about a year. So by the time that I was kind of taking it, looking at it more seriously, and he found out that I had got laid off, he was like, "Man, you really need to take a look at this because he he kind of upped it to around 40k a month." So I started kind of looking at the numbers, and he was honest to me about some of his returns, and so I got the, a good idea of like his real take home was. And so I started to kind of look at it a little bit more serious and started getting on YouTube and just really kind of immersing myself in, in it, you know, the whole atmosphere and joined a lot of the groups. And so, you know, I told myself that I was just never going to, you know, 
uh, put myself and my family in that vulnerable situation again to where all of our eggs, all our income is coming from one stream. So starting uh, as soon as I as soon as I started my new job, uh, started getting a little bit of income coming in, I, I immediately started selling. You know, I started with books and started, you know, started with the little cherry picking model, going to thrift stores and any free time I had, you know, go to library sales and things like that. And, uh, you know, kind of got one of the problems I ran into was to do my job, you know, finish around three or four o'clock. Uh, by the time I really could get out to hit up a lot of those thrift stores, they're all closed. Okay. So this is, this was when you still had a job. This is right. Exactly. Okay. Because so, we, because you started, I'm just making sure I've got my timeline right. So yeah. you, as you did say at the beginning, you were on Amazon trying to build your business while you had a real job, but it was, it was books and a few things on the side as you had time. Right, exactly. So the okay. six months that I went without a job was basically me just learning. <laughs> and then the six months, right. Didn't even have an Amazon account, but I was just obsessed with YouTube and just really kind of learning how to, you know, what everything was. So then when I got my job, it started basically January 1st of 19, started getting a little bit of money coming in from the job. So I felt a little bit more comfortable risking money to buy books. So kind of started sourcing books in January of 19. Sure. So like I said, some of my kind of dilemmas were, you know, the thrift stores close at four and I really kind of had time restraints and I was competing with a lot of the other kind of cherry pickers, you know? And so I was like, well, I got to find a way to where I can do this more on my time after hours and also not compete with, you know, I got to get the books before they get to the shelf. <laughs> right. They're probably in the worm way before you get off work. Right. So I... You know, it took a long time to build relationships, but I built some relationships with some local kind of thrift chains near me. And I got a hold of some Gaylords, with big old batches of books, basically. And I started doing them in my garage. Um, started doing probably about six or seven a week out of the garage is what I was doing. And that was a decent model. But the problem has had its own challenges too, because getting rid of your duds and, you know, right. a lot of a lot of the bigger stores that you work with that would help offload those duds, a lot of times they don't want to work with the residential address. You know, they want you to have a loading dock and, you know, you really need to be kind of set up better for it. Right. So uh, we kind of, we, we made that work, basically made it work <laughs> uh, until about October or November of last year. Now, kind of mind you, I, I've subscribed to every software under the sun. I, all the repricers, all the... You know, I, I was had this kind of false impression that, you know, the more stuff you subscribe to, the more wisdom you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just to, to call a time out there, a lot of new sellers think, well, if I'm going to start a business, I'm going to have to invest. So they buy all these tools and all these courses and subscribe to all these services. And I think I know where your story's going. Uh, right. man, that's just not necessary. In fact, I tell people, new sellers especially, don't spend any money on any tools until you're getting checks from Amazon. A hundred percent agree. And, you know, I'm just going to fast forward just a little bit because we kind of went down that rabbit hole. But currently I signed up for Inventory Labs two days ago. <laughs> I've wow. been doing everything from my seller account, like like my seller app this whole time. Like all of this kind of explosive growth that I've had, Yeah, hundred percent the seller app. No repricer, no third-party software. And I know, I, I know, you know, a lot of the stuff I need to get in the repricer I do have is for my book inventory still, but I don't have it repricing my merchant fulfilled stuff, which is, which is what I'm kind of currently focused on. So 100% it's doable without a lot of fancy software. And so that was one of the things that I was struggling with because all the money that I had coming in was going right back out the door to subscriptions and everything else. And so right. it was like, I really felt like I was spinning my wheels. And so... Um, I forget, it was either like October or November-ish time of last year, we signed up for coaching. So I ended up getting packed and then I got the Repens course and then I got coaching. <laughs> well, <laughs> so the Repens like, <laughs> course is included in the Proven Amazon course. So Correct. But I got, got the, the Proven Amazon course. You got the Replens. Correct. You paid for it. both. So we owe you a few bucks. Work. All right. <laughs> no worries. No big deal. It's paid for itself. So, um, you know, and then I... Really kind of, we are kind of the worst model of what a coaching student is because we're very indecisive. 
we're very, we keep changing, you know, what we want. And we weren't very clear to a lot of our coaches, but the main thing that we, we really signed up for coaching for was because, you know, my wife was contemplating going back to school. And so, you know, I was like, babe, you give me 20 grand in three years and we're going to build a business, <laughs> you know, our business. And so uh, I kind of basically talked her into, I didn't really talk her into it, but I think she, her, her reasoning for going back to school was more for security than anything. But yeah. her main thing was she wanted to, you know, we've, we've never put our kids in daycare or anything like that. So she wanted to be there to raise the kids and, you know, our kids and attend, you know, field trips and stuff like that. And so I think she kind of realized that there was something that happened where she had to miss one of the kids field trips. And so she was like, I just don't want that, you know? So her, she kind of had a reset on her why. Right. And so we, that's when we decided to get coaching because I basically more so honestly, more for her than for me, because I, I wanted, I'm not the best at explaining stuff to her. <laughs> that's a quick argument. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was just like, Hey, can somebody else hold her hand, walk her through this start to finish and, and really kind of, you know, train mm. her more so than me. That, that mm. is a first. I don't, I mean, maybe it's happened at some point in the past, but I'm trying to think if I recall any stories where one spouse was working the business and they bought coaching for the other one to get them up to speed. It's kind of like sending your kid off to one of those schools that teaches them to drive instead of teaching them yourself. You can teach <laughs> it yourself, but you know yeah. what? Let's just write a check. And make sure yeah, we got sure all the eyes crossed, all the teeth. And she may learn something. I'm sure you were thinking she may learn something I don't know yet, and and uh, you know enhance the whole thing. So, and I by no means was sitting here saying that I knew how to do it all. It's just a matter sure. of I know that my way of teaching is not her way of learning, and so just try to avoid you know kind of avoid any kind of arguments on the subject. It's just hey, let's just find like a mediator to help explain it to both. So we both kind of attended. It wasn't like. I was off doing my thing and she was doing the coaching sessions. We still did them sure. together, but this is where I was I'm tying in where I was kind of a bad student because we told them, Hey, treat us like we just signed up for an account, mm. you know, treat us like this. And then they would. And because that's where she was. That's where your wife was. Right. Exactly. But then we would find ourselves thinking, well, dang, we kind of already knew all that stuff. But that's what we asked for. <laughs> so I can, see, if I were to critique myself or us as a student, we probably aren't the best <laughs> students for uh, just for mixed messages, you know. So that was kind of the beginning of the fourth quarter of last year. We actually saw a decline in our sales of, you know, um, October, November, and December. And again, it was just we're really trying to find out something that worked for our for us. So I'm in outside sales. I have a very large sales territory. And so, you know, I thought that maybe I could take advantage of that and, and you know, the large footprint that I cover, my company kind of covers my gas and a lot of my expenditures. So it just, something just wasn't clicking. I don't know what it was. I was just not finding products. I was just, I'd leave the store frustrated a ton. And what was um, your strategy there when you were, was, were you scanning barcodes? Um, it was it was mainly the like the replens training. Okay. You know? I was just I was, but I was just I'd find myself discouraged, and I'd say, "Man, I'm just not." It wasn't you know, clicking for you yet. It just wasn't clicking, you know. And I think the difference where I am now versus where I was is rather than me just well, I'll tie that in in just a second. But so we we ended up uh, after okay. So this is kind of funny. So in January, we decided to abort. <laughs> the RA model and go back to books. <laughs> so we got a warehouse. I kind of partnered up with a buddy of mine who was going to help cash flow an employee. And so I was like, okay, well, we can get a warehouse. There's an extra room in that warehouse so we can set up kind of like a kid's play area. My wife and the employee can scan books. Now we've we've kind of taken care of the dud issue because now we've got people that can come, you know, and it's not residential. Right. And, and the trucks can get in there. The trucks can get in. Yeah. And so we got a full truckload. And that first, it was like a sign. There were so many things that went against us when we had that warehouse. It was the worst experience ever. So like the first load of books, we were kind of all in on this truckload, you know, 48,000 pounds of books. And it was a very, very bad load. <laughs> we got screwed on that load. So 
my business partner, he got a very bad first impression on this whole deal. You know, we basically lost money on the first load. And, um, and then, you know, obviously, the, then like two weeks later, you know, the coronavirus and Amazon stopping inbound shipments. So we're like, oh, dang, you know, we've got, a, <laughs> we've got all these books that we can't send them in. And then about two weeks after that, our, our supplier shut down. And about two weeks after that, my wife finds out that she's pregnant. So it's like, so there's no, there's no way that we're, you guys couldn't get, well, Amazon wasn't taking, they were only taking essentials there for those who who don't remember that point in time. The only thing you could ship to Amazon was essentials. And even those, some of them, they wouldn't accept because they had a small staff. So you had to sell them yourself. So booksellers were kind of stuck. Right. You stopped being able to send in books, which is your main product. Correct. You stop yes. being able to source books because you know that warehouse, wherever they're coming from, is shut down probably, right? Correct. You find out your wife is pregnant. And that's Correct. not that long ago, buddy. I mean, it feels like about eight years ago because I of know. how much the world has changed in four months. But uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty recent history as we're talking to this. Correct. All right, man. Yeah, so- this is February, March. And, and so I'm just thinking ahead. I'm like, well, you know, the whole idea was like, well, we got to get profitable enough so that we can outsource the labor. But then the, then the supplier shut down, you know, so like, well, we can't get them. And so, and then with my wife getting pregnant, it's like, there's no way that she's going to be scanning books while she's raising three kids, you know, one of which is a toddler in the, in the middle of a hot warehouse in the middle of summer, you know, in, in South Alabama. So I started kind of scrambling. And then, so I ended up contacting uh, our coaches, you know, we hadn't, we went a couple months without any sessions, so probably about two months with no sessions. And I was like, "Hey, we're back to the drawing board. You know, we need to figure figure something out." And so, at that time, we were kind of notified that our previous coaches were were stepping back, and so we got assigned a new coach. And you know, it wasn't anything that our new coach said that was any different than our previous coaches. It was something. It might have been just timing, you know, with the virus and just the demand going up and everyone staying home. But he mentioned some stuff to me to help me kind of think differently. And I don't, I don't even know if I can say specifically what it was, but it was more along the lines of think about what people are buying right now. <laughs> Rather than trying to go down a random aisle and just mm-hmm. finding stuff, just right. stop and think for a second, what are people looking for? Yeah. And around that same time, I think you uh, shared uh, a link to what people were buying or what, what sales were increasing. Yeah, it was a, it was a cool infographic. I'll just stick, stick it in the show notes. Uh, basically, it says, here's all the stuff that people are buying like crazy during a virus pandemic. And here's all the stuff that they're not buying. And a lot of it's common sense, but a few, several of them trigger a thought like, I hadn't thought of that, but I guess it makes sense. You know, it's not a list you could kind of brainstorm. It's based on actual retail data. And uh, right. yeah, it's in the show notes because we're still very much feeling the effects of, you know, people are staying home. What are they buying? What are they not buying? You know, there's a lot of things people just aren't buying again yet. Yeah. I'm not huge on the news, but the little bit I've listened to, it kind of sounds like it's going to stay this way for a while. So I don't, you know, anticipate it going away anytime soon. But so it, what it, but basically looking at that list that you shared, plus the conversation I had with my coach, it really just kind of started getting me thinking about exactly that. Like, what are people buying right now? And so I kind of just, you know, I found a couple, couple of products. And then, and I don't know if this is something that you teach necessarily, but I ended up finding other people that were selling it and just started looking at their stores. <laughs> and I was like, what is their store? You know, if they're selling this thing and it's a great value brand product, then they're obviously getting it at Walmart. So took a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt because I don't know how, you know, like those sellers, I don't know necessarily much about them and they may not sure. know what they're doing either, but it, it gave me leads, you know? And so... Yeah. I remember one time I have a I got a Microsoft Surface Pro and I connected it to my Wi-Fi hotspot and I was just in Walmart with this like Surface Pro and the buggy just going through looking for products and just oh, there it is you know and um, obviously would kind of look into more of the data and everything myself to make an informed buying decision but sure but and yeah this is all just to clarify for the listeners this is all Replens training correct. And you, you know, you've heard several episodes recently. Uh, let me just make a couple announcements while you, you catch your breath and take a break from it. Don't lose <laughs> your spot though, okay? Yeah. We're going to mention some resources today. 
and like that infographic that that uh, Brandon just mentioned, silentgym.com slash podcast, silentgym.com, or just click on the podcast button. Look at today's episode. You'll see in the show notes, depending on where you're listening, you may or may not see show notes. Uh, but that's where you can find it and links to all this stuff that we're talking about, the replants training, the infographic that we talked about, any of, any of the links we talked about. So that's an important thing. And all of our other shows too. If you're watching us on YouTube today, you should know that most of our episodes aren't video. The vast majority are audio only. So go to silentgym.com and you can hear all those episodes too. Good time to drop that reminder in there. But yeah, part of what we train you, you you're not scanning barcodes as you walk down the aisle. You're looking at product by name and a lot of people will just take a video or take some pictures of the aisle because they're not comfortable going super slow down an aisle. Because you can once you've got the replin skill set, you can almost see a replin person in action. They're just moving super slow through one aisle. And that could be all they do for like an hour or two. <laughs> or yeah. you could take some pictures and take them home and do your research that way, which right. more people are getting more and more comfortable with. But um, yeah, so there you go, going through scanning. And like, how did that uh, business model vary from like the books? Like, yeah, I think there's more flexibility, predictability. It had, to yeah, feel, it, was, it had to feel really good pretty fast, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I felt with the books was it's there was kind of three things. It's predictable based on our source. You know, if we stuck with the same source, we kind of knew what our scan rate was going to be. It was predictable, outsourceable, and scalable. You know, those are kind of the things that I felt like I had a good grasp on. But it just didn't fit our, our situation, you know, because I do have a full-time job still. And so I'm not able to sit up there at a warehouse and scan books all day long. So, you know, it felt a lot better because the returns are a lot better. <laughs> I was making, I actually saw the needle move, you know, when I started doing a lot of the replant stuff. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that there's not much shame in my game, so to speak. I have no problem spending time at Walmart and getting in people's, not necessarily getting in their way, but, you know, have people kind of work around me. A lot of people may get uncomfortable or have some anxiety about sitting in one spot for an extended period of time but i don't think of it that way at all you know right. so i told a buddy of mine i was like i just saw a guy in a fox suit onesie with the gas mask walk by me like there's this, this walmart's the place where there's yeah. no shame you know and yeah. so it, I can it, buy. That, that's so true man yeah especially right now you know there's all kinds of crazy so you taking your time going down an aisle looking at your people just think you're you know reading an article or something or, you know, they, they don't care. You're looking at your device. It's actually a lot less suspicious looking than scanning a bunch of barcodes. That, that feels awkward to a lot of people. You know, scanning right. barcodes on the, on the shelf. Like, we don't know. We don't do that. You, you're looking up the description. You're typing in the, the product description and doing the research that we train you. And you're, you're using the tool called Keepa, mm-hmm. um, which we talk about all the time around here. K-E-E-P-A, Keepa.com. And you're just doing your research as you go down the aisle. That's the gig. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Keep, keep going, man. And one thing that I think Jimmy mentions in the training that I think is, I don't know, I feel like it may have been glossed over a little bit, but I've, it's been extremely powerful for me is uh, just started doing this a couple of weeks ago is there's a ton of items that the seller app doesn't find that if you use the buyer app, you could find it that way. And there was a ton of items that I, I wasn't able to find just using just typing it in, you know, add product in the seller app, you know, just that's a using the great it. tip. And and to be honest with you, I don't have legendary sourcing. I don't have, you know, any other sourcing software. <laughs> so it might find it might show up in the other stuff, but I didn't have it. I'm just using the seller app. Uh, yeah. So I just pulled up app. the buyer and, app. And so people know like what's the buyer app? What's that? You just go to uh, amazon.com. If yeah, if you're just an Amazon customer, just mm-hmm. you can d- download Amazon's app, you know, yep. and not necessarily or just pull up amazon.com on your yeah. phone. Yeah, exactly. I, I've heard you get actually slightly different results that way too versus using the app. So just amazon.com. Yeah, amazon.com, man. So if you, as you're researching and you type in the name of that product, scroll through get some ideas, you see one that looks interesting, you do a little research on Keepa, and you'll start to develop some really good instincts very fast. And you'll just see stuff jump off the page at you. It's like, what? Someone's paying $18 for that? Man, I can get those for $2, $3 a piece. Exactly. And, right? and that's where you start to get excited. And this makes sense. And you hear these stories of these people finding a couple dozen replens, which means this is going to be a repeat selling item consistently selling the same amount to different people. It's not, it doesn't have to be a consumable. We say that right. all the time. We're not just shopping in grocery here, guys. We're talking 
the example we always use, it could be a hammer, it could be a screwdriver, but it sells consistently at a good profit margin. So you know how many you need to buy, you know when it's time to buy more. And you know how yeah, much I mean, you're make couldn't sell in it. I yeah. made a killing in the sports and outdoors category. You know, just, yeah, it doesn't have to be grocery. Nope. But uh, one thing that I lost my train. Oh, well, one thing that I was going to say is a lot of these people that create listings, they're pretty smart, you know, and they do a really good job at hiding the listing. <laughs> you know, meaning if you scan it with the barcode or even take a picture of it, a lot of times it's going to show I've Most of my profitable products show up as not found if I were to just straight up scan it. Most of them have been found through reverse sourcing or just using the buyer app um, and just looking it up on Amazon, you know, and then just kind of kind of going, I guess, more old school with it. And that's one thing that we've really kind of focused on is let's, we, we canceled a bunch of subscriptions. Like I said, I just re-signed up because I got to get my accounting in order. That's what I've been doing all day is getting my accounting in order. Uh, so kind of signed up, signed up for inventory labs for, for that purposes, but in, in Keepa. But a lot of the stuff, you know, the last couple of months have been so good that you can pretty much look at a sales rank and you don't even need Keepa <laughs> for the last couple. Now, I'm not saying that that's normal, you know, but yeah. I understand with sales rank being a snapshot in time. I understand that. Uh, but, you know, sales have been so strong lately that you really don't need to... Uh, somebody had made a comment in the replens Facebook group saying that they're struggling with finding a replen, and and my comment to them was is don't label it a replen until it's sold. <laughs> like just buy it if it sells, buy three of them if it sells, buy seven, and just and just slowly increase your buy quantity. And that's what I've been doing, anyways. You know, I just if I find something that it looks kind of profitable, I'll buy one. You know. If it doesn't sell, I'm going to return it. <laughs> right. So that's, that's the beauty of it. And if it sells, then I'll buy a couple more. But I don't go deep on anything until it's kind of proven itself out. So yeah, you test small, test slow, and let things prove themselves out. Exactly. Yeah, beautiful. Well, share some of the numbers because one of the things that prompted us to do this podcast episode, if I recall, was some pretty impressive screenshots, one of our coaching success stories that you posted in the Facebook group. And mm-hmm. uh, typically when those pop up, I'll reach out or someone on the team will reach out and go, hey man, do you want to tell your story on the podcast? We'd love to have you as a guest. And um, surprisingly, most people are kind of uncomfortable with it. And, and they say, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to get on video. And just so you know, if, if that's you, if you're listening right now or watching right now, and you're like, I don't, well, we can do audio only and use a first name only if you want to. You know, We're not going to give away your secrets. But... People love hearing these stories. So we were, we were glad to hear that you were willing to do an episode with us, Brandon. Oh, definitely. Uh, we love doing these, but it was some impressive numbers. Now, talk me through a little bit. What I'd say going on there. Until January of this year, I never did more than 10,000 in a month. So pretty consistent you know, graph of around the 10 to 13K mark. And that was a lot um, of books. A lot of books. There's a lot of $12 books. <laughs> so in February... We did right around 20, 20 grand. And then March, it kind of dipped down. But in April, we did like 180 grand, <laughs> which yeah, is no, crazy no. to even think about, you know? That's insane. Yeah. March <laughs> did dips because you couldn't get any more books and you were transitioning exactly. to something new. Exactly. But once you transitioned, which just took you a few weeks with replans, it exploded. How oh, many crazy. different products? You just said 180,000. You were, you were like 10, 10, 10, 10, 180. Like, what just happened? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that's the crazy. pandemic effect. The whole world started shopping online more, twice as much shopping as we were doing before. And it's still holding steady. And again, to make a point that you made a few minutes ago, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Even if we're given the all clear, hey, no one needs a mask. Hey, the virus is gone. Hey, it's all good now. There's going to be a lot of people uh, I keep saying, I think we've created a, you know, a whole new wave of millions of Howie Mandels, which is like, he's a germaphobe, right? He's a famous yeah. guy in the United States. He's like, right. we've created a bunch of germaphobes. There's going to be plenty of people wearing masks after everyone's been told you don't have to wear masks anymore. And they're going to be staying home when they shop. So that effect is here to stay. But So that was a big factor. But I'm curious, how many different products were in that 180,000? Did you find like one or two just like and went all in? or No. I don't have the exact number. I would say it's probably around 50 different SKUs. 
50 replans and, I, and it took you a couple of weeks to, to nail those down. Yeah. I mean, obviously I, sourcing them was, you know, well, it doesn't hurt whenever you're sold out by the time you get to the next door. So you kind of know <laughs> that it's going to sell well. A yeah. lot of them that was so people know when, when you're sourcing the product, you can say, yeah, I list it right now. And so I've, I've heard of plenty of people where the product is sold before they take it to the cash register to check oh, yeah. out. Happens Definitely all the time. Experience that for sure. Yeah, happens um, all the time. So it's like, well, let me go back and get more, you know, uh, well, since I'm here. So it took me, you know, I think one of the biggest problems, and, and this is something that I, I wrote down because I definitely wanted to make sure that I mentioned it. Um, I don't think it gets talked about a lot is cash flow. Mm-hmm. Because when you're just doing 10 grand a month and you jump to 180, there's got to be some cash <laughs> that's being spent, you know, and yep. so. One thing that, and I'm, I have a newer kind of account. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's like three different versions. Like if you're like an older seller, you could just do daily disbursements. Just get sell it today. You can put that in your bank account tomorrow. Yeah, and that's virtually impossible to get now. If you've if right. you got your account, like in the past five years, very few people yeah. get that daily disbursement. And then I heard some others where they can they can't get daily disbursements, but they. It's just in there, you know, if you sell it today, it's getting put on your disbursement when you're scheduled to get it. Right. So there's no reserve or unreserved balance. And so right. that's what I have is a, I've got the newer account where you have a reserved and an, or I'm sorry, an available and an unavailable balance. Sure. And so what this looks like is let's say you find an item that costs you $20. It costs you $10 to ship it because we're merchant fulfilling it. And it's going to net you a $10 profit. Like, right. Let's just play with those numbers. So I buy the item 20 bucks out of my pocket. When I sell it, the proceeds of the sale don't go into my account until I buy the shipping. So when I buy the shipping, the cost of the shipping, if I'm using Seller Central, the cost of the shipping comes out of my available balance. But the proceeds of the sale gets put into my unavailable balance. So in a nutshell, I've got to front the cost of the goods plus the cost of shipping for roughly three weeks. So yeah. It, t- yeah, it really kind of messes, messes me Amazon up. Amazon gets paid first, basically. Yeah, they, they get paid first. Have you ever played around with, you know, they're, they're a great friend of our community. They've been a sponsor at some of our events. Payability to get your money out faster? I haven't. Um, they charge a little bit for the service, but to mitigate cash flow issues, sometimes it's worth it to have that daily disbursement or that regular disbursement. Payability. You should look into them. Yeah. I, I think they might have even reached out to me a couple of weeks ago. At the time, I hadn't really kind of my, hadn't experienced the growth yet. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't need them. But, you know, so I was luckily I've kind of well versed in, in kind of financially savvy, you know, um, so I kind of know how money works and things like that. So I was able to kind of juggle it. And it doesn't hurt also that I, I don't really need the money from this, you know, everything's getting rolled back into. It. So right. not like I'm withdrawing money to pay my bills or put food on my yes. table. So that really helped with the cash flow. But, you know, we, I'm not a huge fan. I'm kind of a Dave Ramsey guy. I'm not a huge fan of credit cards, but we did use some credit cards for business purposes. They're all paid off, so you know <laughs> nothing crazy lingering out there. But we between because we did have some, we got some no interest credit cards, mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of manage those. And uh, you know they gave me a credit limit increase, so we were able to kind of manage those and and make it through. But that's definitely something that I had to make an adjustment on. I was not I was not prepared <laughs> to tie up you know a lot of money uh, for a couple of weeks. So it, it all worked out. Things are starting to kind of, I guess, I don't want to say slow down, but they are starting to normalize a little bit. So it's starting to kind of catch up. You know, the money's starting to catch up. But right. definitely something that if you're a newer seller and you have the newer account and you do experience growth, I would ex- I would just say, you know, expect a cash flow deal. <laughs> a cash flow issue may may happen. So uh, right. I, I well, you're, wait, you're waiting on your money and you, you want to go buy more inventory, but Amazon's sitting on your money that exactly. you earned. Selling exactly. right, they, they it can it can come back back at you slower 
they sometimes check inventory in very slow and sometimes they pay you very slow. Uh, <laughs> but it's nice to have that big balance out there of like, hey, you know what's coming. And that gives you confidence that you're doing something right. And uh, right, right. keeps you moving forward. Like, okay, I'm, I'm making money here. So you, know, you, get, you get other creative ways to maybe source some funds. But yeah, that's a great tip, man. Just kind of being heads up. The cash flow could be an issue, especially if you go from 10,000 a month to 180,000. Like, where'd you get? Because that represents what, $100,000 or $80,000 of inventory, something like that? Yeah, I would say so. A lot of the, the shipping fees just came out of my available balance that I had just from the 10K kind of rolling. Right. Um, and then just a matter of just juggling. I had two different credit cards that we just kind of kept juggling and, and just paid this one off before the interest hit. And then this one had no interest. And so just between juggling it, if I had to guess, so I, I've kind of, I did come into a couple of really kind of high, high dollar products. I was selling one for like 2,700 bucks, you know? And so a lot of people kind of get scared of, of buying something, maybe that costs that much, or, you know, there's a little more risk involved. Um, it didn't cost me that much. That's what I was selling it for. Sure. But, uh, What'd you but, buy you it know, for? What was your price? Um, there's a couple of different ones. There's one that I bought, I paid like 180 and sold it for like 1600. And then there's another one I paid three, 300 and I sold it for 2700. And I sold wow. like four. That's a nice margin, dude. Yeah, I was, I was super excited. And those all sold on the same day. I found, I rented a truck, a box truck, and I just went on a road trip. The, the stuff selling like this within hours of, of putting it in an inventory. That's and so beautiful. That was the first. I had a twenty thousand dollar bay that day, and it just blew my mind. You know, it just it's still kind of it doesn't even feel real. You know, but yeah, that's that's a lot more fun than flipping a thousand books to get that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, especially the dirty hot warehouse. Oh yeah, it, I I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier today, and he's he's still really hard on the you know bulk books and. He was telling me that he'd been scanning all day, and I thought, man, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> that's right. It's it's for some people, you know. Some people sure. that's their thing, and I do feel like you can still successfully do it. It just wasn't it just wasn't my thing, you know. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by. The Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want, but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. What are the lessons you got for us? What are the, what are the numbers that, you know, kind of what's the normal? You know, we saw a little spike there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want people to feel like, oh, I missed out. I missed out on that, you know, the Corona spike. Online shopping is still ridiculously on fire. Q4 is coming up the fourth quarter of the year, October, November, December. You know, what are you forecasting for that? What kind of year are you putting together, man? And uh, what's the normal look like now for you? Now that we're kind of on the other side of that initial freak out of the of the the virus, you know what what's normal now? Well, I mean, I'm still doing you know three four grand a day in sales, so I don't know if I hope that's normal. I want it to be the new normal, but you know when you go from ten grand to basically one hundred and eighty, I really don't know what the new normal is. I, I, People, I, somebody else had made a comment, you know, what's your, what's your buying goals? And my, I don't want to set the, to me, that's setting a limit. You know, if I, my goal sure. is to spend two grand, I'm not going to shut it off mm-hmm. after buying two grand worth of stuff because if there's still more stuff to buy, I'm going to get it. So yeah. I don't, I don't want to put a limit. Though. Exactly. Yeah. So I really hope I can finish the year at around 800 grand. 
I would love to finish the year around 800 grand. I'm at 330 so far. So it may or may not happen, but you know, that's a goal that I would, I would probably, if I had to put a number on it, I'd probably say around 800 grand. And then, yeah, Yeah, that sounds very reasonable to me with the fourth quarter coming up. And you're not just doing books this fourth quarter. No, I'm not doing any books. (laughs) You're doing stuff that's going to fly off the shelf this fourth quarter. Yeah. That sounds very reasonable to me. You know, that that October, November, December magic starts to kick in, buddy. And this year, everyone's going to shop online for Christmas. It's just going to be, you know, no one wants to go to the mall and risk being literally mauled, (laughs) riot or whatever. Like, it's just malls are going to take a, they're going to take a beating. You just kind of, you can kind of see it coming, man. I feel bad for that business model. You know, the old, brick and mortar retail business model is going to be hit pretty hard this year. And that's going to be the new normal. That's my prediction. But those of us who are selling stuff online, not just Christmas presents, but anything, everything, people are shopping online. And the money that's spent in the fourth quarter of the year, 800 is a very reasonable goal. I wouldn't be surprised if you if you quite easily, with the model you've described, break right through that. that I hope so. That's that line. The... Yeah, man. I, it's beautiful. You, you're set up in a, in a really good way. You manage your numbers well. And you pay attention to what you're buying. You go in slow. You don't take big risks with your inventory. A lot of good lessons in your approach. One thing that you had mentioned that um, kind of stood out to me just a second ago is talking about maybe somebody felt like they missed the wave or whatever. I'll tell you, I made it. I even said this earlier in the in the show. As I in fourth quarter last year, every every month we saw a decline. October, November, December, it was a decline, and it was extremely discouraging. I'm not going to lie. I really felt like we missed it. Like we missed the boat. But guess what? There's going to be another one next year. <laughs> They're predictable. They're coming. So that was one thing that, you know, I feel like that maybe my biggest story was that I didn't quit because mm-hmm. I have almost quit so many daggum times that it's ridiculous. And, you know, if there's one person out there that just decides to not quit after listening to this, then that's a success for me because you know, it really just takes, I don't know, it's just like a light switch. And, and that's one thing that the coaches always said was, it's just going to switch. It, it's just going to click one day. Yeah. And it's not really explainable, but it, it's true, you know? Yeah. And, that is, uh, it's almost a litmus test. You can like, hey, has, has replens clicked for you yet? Right. And if people go, well, that means it hasn't yet. Right. Because once it does, you're like, oh yeah, I can hop in the car anytime I want Give me an hour and I'll come out with eight new replens, you know, any retail store anywhere. Exactly. Once it clicks, it's like, it's a cakewalk. It takes a little bit of time to get there. Some people it takes a little longer than others. Uh, we've got several different ways you can learn it. Some people pick up the course and that's all they need. They go, they go in the side of the proven Amazon course, grab the replen module, look at the videos, makes sense. They go off and do it. Other people... Uh, we just formed our um, replan group mentoring. I'm not sure if the doors are open on that or not right now. I don't know if you heard word of that, Brandon, but our group mentoring about 50 group, yeah. people at a time and mm-hmm. and forming partnerships and accountability groups inside of it's a really cool concept. I'll stick a link to it in the show notes, silentgym.com. But it's just the link you need is provenamazoncourse.com slash RGM, replan group mentoring, just lowercase RGM provenamazoncourse.com slash RGM. That'll get you into a small group and we're going to run those you know, as often as there's demand for it uh, and just see how, how it goes. We're actually launching the first round right now as we're recording this. It may be already full by the time people are hearing this, but go to that site and we'll let you know what's up with that. Other people do the coaching like you did and then still other people actually have someone from our team fly to their hometown, go to the stores with them, walk up and down the aisle and by the time they leave a couple of days later, you've got between 50 and over 100 <laughs> in many cases, replens. And you know how to do it now. And the predictability of this business model is unlike anything that we've ever done because we're helping you find profitable products that you can sell over and over and over again. And then you can get into the wholesale. You can just hand your shopper a shopping list. Are you doing much of that yet? Do you have other people doing your shopping for you yet? That seems like a good next step for you. Yeah, I'm kind of getting into that. So my wife, you know, we've kind of figured out like what works for us. So my wife is she's about as good of a prep prepper that you're gonna get. So she really does a good job at kind of the logistics of prepping and shipping and just handling all that. She's she's the one that made the relationships with the post office and the UPS. And so 
And then about a week ago, I had surgery. So, you know, one of these items that I'm selling is really hot right now. And it's like, dang it, I'm kind of down for the count, you know? And so I just, I, uh, a buddy of mine who's been kind of wanting to get into it, I said, I'll pay you two bucks for every one that you find. And uh, I know there's a lot of different payment models and you can pay them hourly, but I just felt like this was the kind of most incentive, like how much money do you want to make? You know, go out there yeah. and make it. How far do you want to drive? Do you want exactly. to get online and source them? Do you want to, right? That's beautiful. Yep. Yeah, just so, send them out I, on a mission. I love it. Yeah, I told him, I was like, you know, if you do decide to drive outside of our city, then I'll pay your gas. Yeah. And so I am slowly starting to get into that. I had an employee, a couple, uh, when I first transitioned over out of the warehouse into back into the garage. And again, I'm taking full responsibility for this. Uh, it did not work out very well. I did not probably do a very good job training him. And so a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the bundles and two packs and stuff that he did not send out properly. And it cost me quite a bit of money in returns. And I took a couple of hits on feedback. So that didn't work out, but I'm not blaming him. I'm going to, I'm taking full responsibility for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have the training and process in place, but it's hard to mess up shopping, especially if you're paying someone per unit. Exactly. It's like, Hey, go buy this, you know, set them up with, you know, BrickSeek. I'm not sure, you know, uh, how much your audience knows about that, but I just set them up with BrickSeek. I was like, look, go find these and, you know, have, have at it. And then there's a couple of different items I've got them looking for. One item I'm paying them 20 bucks a pop for. It's, a, you know, it's hard to find, but if you get it, and you can get it at the same place that you can get the $2 item from too. So while you're there, you know, look out for it. So I am slowly kind of getting into that, but I, I would like to scale it up more. Nice. Well, I think that's a good next step for you to where you, you've got other people out there just, you know, in, in not scanning barcodes, looking for deals. They're not looking for new replans. They're just going out and buying the stuff that you already know is profitable. That's right. a cool model. That's a really cool model. There was just one thing that I, again, I wrote down, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it was... Yeah, please do. So I do have a, a large kind of sales tour ter- territory in my, in my job. Right. And you mentioned so you do a lot of traveling. What that allows me to do, it, it kind of I see regional products. Mm. So there's an item that Walmart has that's an hour away from me that is ranked like 1500 in grocery. It's not a, the biggest you know dollar profit in the world, but you know you're going to sell 20 of them a day. But if you find it, you will not find them in my hometown. Mm. But I'm starting to see items that I can't get here that I can get over there. And so, you know, some people, hey, you need to get out and drive. <laughs> yeah. Drive a little bit. You might find stuff that you're not finding in your backyard, you know? That's right. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you can do the same thing online too. True. Uh, yeah. Walmarts are definitely regional. You'll see different prices. I mean, you could have two Walmarts in your town and there'll be different prices on the same exact item. They're, they're locally run by a manager that runs all the numbers for that store. And they don't even necessarily honor each other's sale prices back and forth. Sometimes it's crazy. They're independent. So there's a, yeah, that's a great tip. And it feels like we're talking about Walmart a lot, but I just want to make sure people understand any retail store. Yeah. I just you know how to look for replans, any retail store. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I have found my have... little honey hole there, but there I've also got plenty of other stores that I go to. That's just the easiest one to talk about. Of course. That's the one everyone recognizes. So we use it as a reference point in our conversation. But anything else on that list, man? You've had some good stuff on your list that you were going to share with everyone. You know, I think there's... Yeah, there's two other things, definitely. So one, talking about making buying decisions. I think that... Somebody told me this a long time ago. It wasn't even related to selling on Amazon. It was just about buying stuff in general or even like with the stocks or anything like that is, you know, people... You know, it's important to separate your emotions and not make buying decisions based on emotions. Mm, you know, that's make, good. Make, make them more based on, you know, data and the facts. Yeah. Emotion and, think, and instinct are not your friends. Correct. And I, I think the two emotions specifically that people get hung up on is fear and greed. You know, as I try to stay in between the middle, you know, above fear and below greed. And I think anytime you kind of go outside of those kind of boundaries, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're in dangerous territory, you know? And so try to make your decisions, but not based on fear or greed mm-hmm. or any emotions. And that's why, like, for instance, that higher dollar item is, I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't feel like it was really all that risky, you know, because the data was pointing in the right direction. I wasn't allowing fear get in the way or, or, you know, I didn't, I would have bought all of them, <laughs> bought all they had. They only had two, but 
um, you know, again, I'm not going to, I don't have a garage full of product that I can't sell because I'm not getting greedy on this stuff. You know, I'm just trying to find the right balance. Right. So, so that was one uh, point I wanted to make. And, and then another point that I wanted to make was, you know, being in sales, you know, I work off commission, right? And so, you know, sometimes these companies pay you five or 6% commission. <laughs> so let's think about this. So, you know, if you put up, let's just say 50 grand in sales, and let's say your average, let's just say worst case scenario, your margin's 20%, you know, you're still looking at what's that? Uh, I don't even, off the top of my head, I didn't even prepare myself on the math on it, but you know, 20% of 100 grand is still 20 grand, right? So 20% of 10 grand is 10 grand, you know, of, of 50 grand. So let's just say we have a, a sales goal of 50 grand a month. The margins are so much better building your own company as opposed to kind of building somebody oh, else's yeah, company. Yeah, I follow you. Know? you. The yeah, ultimate. that's kind of what I was getting at. It was like, some people say, well, what's your profit on that? It's like, well... Don't get hung up so much on that because let's say worst case scenario, it's just 20%. Right. Like way bigger than a lot of people get paid whenever they work for another company, you know? That's right. I, I mean, I, I worked in the tech industry as my last real job and I remember doing really big deals like, you know, seven figure deals and my commission is a quarter of a point. <laughs> exactly. Like that, you know, and I had to work a long, hard time for that $1,000 on that massive software exactly. order, right? Like, man, Bill Gates is getting rich, but I'm not. Yeah. But, but when you do this, yeah, you can get up into those just awesome margins where you're taking home a nice big piece. And everyone's like, oh, you got to try to get up as close to 40%. And like, 10% is better than most professional I mean, sales reps out there. Right? Exactly. I mean, you know, people sell a house and they split the commission and make 3%. You know, exactly. that, this last, I did a house deal not too long ago selling a house that we had to move for a grandparent who passed away. But man, that real estate agent worked and worked and worked. I was doing the math and I'm like, she made about 30 bucks an hour by the time it was over, you know, like, and she worked hard. Exactly. We're blessed to be in this model where, have you ever broken it down to like an hourly for you? Like, what are you doing per hour right now? I'd be curious. You, you should have that some time. Yeah, Just do the I, math. I mean, it's it's hundreds of dollars per hour easily. Well, I mean, I you know on a on a micro level, yeah, like that day that you know that I did like a 20, 20 grand day. I mean, there's no way I worked more than I probably worked ten hours factoring in drive time and everything because I was I was going on a road trip. You know, that was the whole purpose of it. Sure. So, sure. but man, but that's it, not a typical everyday thing. But you stretch that out over six months or three months, and you kind of get your rate, and you think, wow, I'm yeah, I'm getting paid more than most lawyers to do this. For yeah. sure, especially right now. Yeah. And right. it's like, you know, let's just, and that's something I kind of told my wife. I was like, let's say, worst case scenario, we lower our standards and we start looking for something that's giving you a 10% ROI. Right. A million dollar business is still going to bring you a hundred grand a year. Like, <laughs> it's like, and if you do that, then if you're willing to accept 10%, then that opens up so many more products that are, you know, available to you. So, I definitely see where Jimmy was talking about early on in the course where capital may be an issue. So look for the faster selling, higher ROI items. I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah especially when you're getting started, it's nice to, yeah. try to get some of those bigger wins instead of getting, you know, tiny checks. Yeah. But I just think in the grand scheme of things, if you were to like, just say, well, like, if we just compare our million dollar business with somebody else's million dollar business working for another company, we're going to be doing much better. That's right. <laughs> Financially. So... I think that's kind of what I'm kind of a money motivated individual. So that kind of stuff motivates me, you know, it reminds me of it's like, wait a second, I did this all day for 5% commission when it's like, like we're getting 20 to 30, 40% over there. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, I think sometimes people need to put it more in perspective. You know, it's like, let's say worst case scenario, 10%, which is, I agree, that's not very good. But still, actually, pretty good if you were to, you know, magnify it. So compared to a real job, it's awesome. Yes, yeah. I'm hearing some little voices in the background, man. Tell us about your family yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I got a, a little two year old. I'm surprised she hasn't jumped on me yet. But uh, that would be the highlight of the show if she did, man. <laughs> a two year old girl. So we had two boys, a seven year old and a four year old. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, my wife was like, "We've got. To, I want to have a girl." So. I was like, there's no way we're having a girl. It's just not happening. And sure enough, we there it she is. got pregnant and we got a girl. So nice. Little we got princess. Two boys, a girl, and a boy on the way. 
Oh man, you're blessed, dude. Beautiful. That's awesome. We're out Your wife's right in the mix, working the business with you, working hard. Oh yeah. You guys have Uh, a special setup, man. Definitely could not. I mean, you can buy the stuff all day long, but if you don't send it out the door, then it's not going to do anything and she's a hundred percent responsible for getting that stuff out the door and she's on it. She yeah, you told complain. you told me before, like she takes great pride in clearing the floor fast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like there's there'll be somebody who bought something and then you know within an hour they'll message me and say, oh my my son bought this on accident. Can we cancel? And it's like, nope, it already shipped. <laughs> it shipped, dude. When you as you were hitting the buy button, my wife was slapping a label on the box. <laughs> so yeah, that's the truth. He's a beast oh, that's in the great. packing. So you you guys did a lot of merchant fulfill yourself during one hundred percent. Yeah, I haven't sent an FBA shipment in since January. Mm. So we just been. I, wow. We're we're not the most conventional probably guest you've had on here, but yeah, one hundred percent of what we've done, we put tape. We've we boxed everything that somebody sold. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you and when you do the math, you're probably you're you know you're making more money. So instead of paying Amazon to lose your inventory and <laughs> damage your inventory and uh, charging you a fee to do it, uh, you know FBA is beautiful ninety seven percent of the time. But then you get those like loss. They lost something, and they you send them fifty, and they say you send them forty three, and it's you know there's gonna be challenges. So if, if you are able to send, especially on those higher end items like you talked about. You don't want one of those one of those getting lost in the warehouse. You know, this three hundred dollar item you sold for twenty seven or whatever it was. You don't yeah. want them losing the couple of those, right. man. That hurts. And you know, I, I do feel like I'm a little bit more in control. I feel like it's more of my business because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, now will I go back to FBA? hundred percent. I'm I'm about getting tired. You know, I'm getting I'm getting a little tired of, of mm-hmm. boxing stuff. But you know, when the getting's good, get all you can get. But you know, it's just. The customer, I, I appreciate FBA and how they deal with the customers because that is probably the most tedious part of everything. Is just sure. the customer inquiries are just because they don't they don't stop, and even if you take a day off, you still got to respond. And you know if uh, and I still got a job, so I'm still trying to manage everything. You know, so it is a lot. It is starting to kind of add up, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's growing it's a season, man. It's a season of intense focused effort is what you're in. It's not sustainable for the next three years. Right. Something will s- switch or flip. You'll go full-time Amazon at some point. Uh, maybe hire a team to where you can be more freed up and, and keep that regular check coming in from the real job. Well, you know, doing the parts of it that you enjoy or that only you can do. But yeah, you, you've got a lot of options in front of you. You're positioned extremely well with a, with a beautiful young family, man. It just... These are the these are the kind of episodes and the families that just warms my heart because you guys have you have options you have a nice future some of those challenges that hit every family at some point you know you're going to be writing a check to mitigate those challenges versus sweating it out like what do we do how, how do we go find the funds to do this right you just write a check and move on with your life because you've built something incredible and you're doing it from home with your wife man that's just yeah a beautiful thing. thing. One of the most rewarding things so far, because you know, it, when you're constantly rolling it back into it, you mm-hmm. don't really have anything tangible. You know what I mean? That like show. And um, we wrote it uh, a couple of days ago. Wrote a twenty thousand dollar check, and I paid off my student loans. And let me tell you, Dude. that was the best feeling in the whole world. <laughs> if that don't motivate yeah. somebody right there, I don't know. Like that, my wife hasn't. I haven't paid her. She hasn't taken a dime. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed. We're like, this is this is payment tenfold. You know, to just mm-hmm. to have them things out of here and don't have to write that five hundred dollars. We've been, you know, paying five hundred bucks a month on them things for the last seven years, and so yeah, nice. Yeah, you you, you you kicked her out of the house, man. That uh, was yes. it, Sally May or whatever. Sally that, May that, got evicted. <laughs> Sally May got evicted. That's a Dave Ramsey line, isn't it? Yes, it she is. Sally. <laughs> that, yeah, she, that's a big education lender for those who don't know it. Man, that's a really cool story. I I truly enjoyed hanging out with you today, man. I mean, I some great it. tips. And you're, you're just a, you're a sharp dude and you've got a bright future. And I love that you kind of came up through our, our systems around here, the proven Amazon course and the coaching and, and uh, you helped sharpen us along the way, even with some of the things you've taught us. And I think some people are going to be pretty motivated after this to, to jump in so. and start making some things cool. happen. Yeah, definitely. I hope so. Beautiful. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk to the listener for just a minute and say, Hey, thanks for hanging out with Brandon and I today. I truly enjoy doing these episodes. I hope you do as well. And the only payment we ask for in return is leave us a review. 
whatever, wherever you listen, if you're on iTunes or if you're on any other listening, your favorite listening app for podcasts, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Uh, jump into our Facebook group. If you go to silentgym.com, there's a link to our Facebook group and you can jump in there with thousands, tens of thousands of other people who are using the internet creatively to launch and grow businesses. That's what we do around here. And we love serving this community. But uh, uh, if there's any, are there any final thoughts, Brandon, before I wrap up this episode, man, you got anything to say to the listeners, maybe someone that's new out there, or any words of advice, and, and then I'll land this episode, man. All I would say is don't quit. It, you know, if you, need, if you need some words of encouragement, reach out to me. You know, we can chat. I've had a few people do that. I've hopped on a messenger call with somebody while I was at Walmart sourcing. And I mean, I got no problem. I love helping people. And, you know, and I think the biggest thing is just not quitting. I think there's so many people that quit just right before that they break through. And so if you're listening, don't quit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And you can find Brandon and all the other great guests we have on our podcast in the Facebook group. There are right. regulars in there. I don't know if you want 8,000 people hitting you on your cell phone next week because there's, <laughs> we get a, a lot of people listen to this podcast, man. But I appreciate that your heart and your offering. You are in the Facebook group a lot. And uh, we've, got, we've got great coaches and great people in there. Ask your questions in there for sure. Yes. Um, because people just jump all over from all over the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, internet-based e-commerce entrepreneurs, building businesses on Amazon. We've got self-published authors in there, people using Shopify. It's a lot of Amazon focus right now because that is the low-hanging fruit model that we're able to teach people and ramp them up very quickly. But there's all kinds of opportunities out there and multiple streams of income, buddy. That's what it's all about. So hey, to all the listeners out there who gave us some of their most valuable asset, their time, thank you for hanging out with us today. Brandon, please thank thank your wife for loaning you to us for a little while today. And uh, we really appreciate that. And God bless all the business building warriors out there. We love doing this show and we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thanks a lot, Jim. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.